2022. Woohoo! We made it. <laughs> we made it through 2021. We made it through the holidays. It's been a rough two years, but we're still standing. Yeah. How how are the holidays for you? The holidays were quiet, which mm. um, which was fine. Yeah. I mean, I've been just wanting peaceful, quiet holidays pretty much forever. So I got my wish. How about that? Yes. <laughs> I did get to um, get to see my family after um Christmas. So um. So that was good. That's got nice, to yeah. got to hang with them um, and came back on New Year's Day. So, yeah, here we are, 15, 15 days into the new year. It's hard to believe. It oh is hard to believe. It's running away again. It is. Yeah. So, so mine was quiet too, but I had both kids home, which was that's always my happy spot. So um, I feel like I worked a lot. I cooked a lot. <laughs> I imagine you did. Yeah, um, but it's nice to cook for um for the kids so um oh, yeah that, that was fun just makes your heart happy as a mom it does it that's does great yes that's great yes so we're in a new year and we are you know still in the midst of a pandemic <sighs> that seems to be just you know adding more stress to just about everybody's lives mm -hmm. and so um we were talking before we started recording and we were both um, talking about how we don't do New Year's resolutions. No resolutions. And I don't think I ever have done a New Year's resolution. I did in the past, but when I was really, really young, when it was kind of like a cool thing to do. So like maybe in high school. <laughs> and um, I never kept up with any of them. So, right, right. so I learned very quickly that it wasn't something for me. Um and then especially after my loss, it's like, yeah, some I, for so long, it was just day by day, right? Mm -hmm. Make it through the night. I could Make not even conceptualize a whole year oh, of doing no. anything. So I just even didn't. thinking, even thinking a few days ahead, ahead was, was like, yeah, yeah. And if I did think ahead, I would just work myself into a stress ball, which was not a good thing. No, and that's so, not a good yeah. way to spend your time either. No. So. Um, I decided that that I wanted to think about a word or, you know, something that I, I'm hoping to strive toward. Um, so, you know, there's not any type of serious milestones to measure against. So therefore, you know, if if it didn't come to fruition, then I wouldn't feel like I failed at a resolution. So my my word for 2022, the one thing that I'm really hoping for is just inner peace. I just want peace. Um, and whatever that looks like, you know, maybe, maybe one day it's absolutely being completely by myself, not talking to anyone, maybe reading a book, maybe another day it's being around safely being around friends, family, you know, gathering like that, getting energy from others. But I just, I just really want to focus on peace. Yeah. I like that. I like the idea of peace. I had toyed with my um, word, and I'd come up with a couple, but I think I've settled on balance for this year. And you are, and I, <laughs> you're speaking my word because I'm a Libra, and Libras are all about balance. My husband so was I love a Libra. That. Yeah, good man, good man. Good man. So, um, yeah, but I feel, especially the last two years, I've been pulled in so many directions, and just to be able to reel things in, and find um, balance. I think 
before the pandemic and even through the pandemic, like a lot of my focus has been on, well, what puts a smile on my face? What's fun, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but to balance that out with the things that I have to do and not (laughs) get too stressed out about them. That's kind of where I, I kind of see myself and um, kind of just like you, I, I have settled on 2022 as a day by day approach. Like I'm not, I'm not betting on 2022, Mm. but I can, I can say, you know what, I'm going to take today and do the best I can. And then Mm -hmm. the next day and the next day, I'm not looking at 2020 um, 2020 and 2021 have kind of been a lesson so oh um, boy you can say that again yeah it's so mind-boggling that we are approaching two years since this pandemic has really taken over our lives Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i I mean it's almost one big blur it feels like blur and Um, it kind of speaks to kind of what we want to talk about mm -hmm, today right because mm -hmm. if we've been through two years, almost two years of a mm-hmm. pandemic mm-hmm. as a widowed person, like how would you have, how different do you think your life would be through this pandemic if Scott had been here? I have thought about that several times and I think first and foremost, we would both be working from home. And I, knowing Scott, I think that would have after a while really gotten to him because mm. He was so much more introverted than me, um, even though he had, you know, very outgoing personality, but really true to heart, he was a very uh, introverted person. He loved his alone time, mm-hmm. and that would have been a little too much togetherness, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I, I think we probably would have had to come up with separate areas of the house. Different coping mechanisms right? to manage that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, it definitely, in my mind, it would have been better for me just to not have all that isolation. Mm. But um, ultimately, I think it would have been a test. <laughs> it would have been a big test on our marriage. I'm sure you'd have sailed through it. Yeah, I, I, think, I think I think we would have figured it out. Yes, yeah. How I, about you? So, so my husband was a doctor, right? So oh, he would not line. have been working from home, oh, and no. he worked with the older population. So. Oh. It would have been a double. I I don't even know what. Um, I know that he would have been frustrated a lot. Oh, I imagine the way things went down. Um, but he was always someone who, no matter what was happening at work or outside, when he entered the home space, mm-hmm. he was with us not like the stressed out right person. he wasn't yeah he wasn't doctor how, yeah, anymore no i mean he kind of was but not not um we were joking about this i was talking to some friends and you know with, with the kids growing up i would say you know if one of them got sick i'm like oh my gosh we have to take them to the hospital and then he's looking at me it's like hello <laughs> Do you forget what I do for a I know, I know. I was like, well, you're not a pediatrician, so... (laughs) Oh, goodness. But, um, yeah, I know he would have talked about it a lot. He really wore his heart on his sleeve for his patients, so I think he would have definitely been, you know, I think there were so many older people who died, Mm. and his specialty Mm -hmm. was geriatric, so that would have been... That would have worn heavily on him, um... And and he really at the beginning of the pandemic would have truly been on the front lines yep. with 
his higher risk patients. Yeah. And wow. so I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not happy that he's not here, but I'm happy mm-hmm. he didn't have to deal with the mm-hmm. pandemic as a frontline worker, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I thought about how Scott would handle the pandemic and I don't think it would have been, I, I don't know. I think he would have gotten used to it, but I think there, I think it would have been tough on him yeah. for different reasons than it was tough on me yeah. or tough yeah. on you for sure. So, um, um, it, it is interesting to think about, um, because the pandemic has just thrown everyone's lives into chaos. And I think about I, one of the, one of the greatest things that hurts my heart the most are the families who are losing loved ones. And it doesn't necessarily have to be to COVID, but because of COVID, they're not able to be with that person. Not or they're to celebrate right. their lives in the right way right. or to be with them. And we're Absolutely. headed back into another Ugh. crazy peak. So mm-hmm. that makes it harder. Um, I mean, I think about um, what it what that would have been like um, with Scott being in ICU and me being possibly the only person who could have visited him for a shortened amount of time and then him passing away with maybe an ICU nurse in the room. Right. I mean, how lonely. I mean, and how many times that's repeating itself. Thousands and thousands. And how so sad. I mean, I feel that, you know, I got to say goodbye. Right. And how lucky. I mean, never in a million years would you think, wow, I, I'm lucky that I got to um, hold his hand as, as he took his last breath. But really and truly, I was blessed. And he was blessed that he wasn't by himself when right. he, when he right. left. Right. So that has hurt my heart probably more than anything during this yeah. pandemic. Yeah. And, and I, you know, mine was so sudden. So yeah. there was no, there was no... I guess for me, when I think about that weekend, I think it was his last weekend alive was really good. His last day alive was really good until, you know, mm-hmm. he was doing something he loved. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. So, so for me, the blessing is, oh, what a great way, you know, to spend your last day, even if it wasn't um, quite what we were, ex- not what we were expecting at all. But of course. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Death sucks. <laughs> that's, that's all that's I can the say. Best way to put like, it. It, it does suck. I, I think about those days, like that Sunday, I think about it probably still, you know, not as, not in a, um, PTSD kind of way right, anymore, right. but you know, I try to remember the things that surrounded those events that I am grateful mm-hmm. for. So, yeah. And it takes, it takes, um, a certain amount of healing to be able to look get back to that space yeah. and to get to that space and to, to not have the hurt be the first thing that you feel, but you're able to look at it a little bit more objectively yeah. and to be able to see the, the blessings there. Yeah. I mean, you know, none of us are getting out of here alive. So, no, I no. mean, how how lucky for our husbands that we were we were there in their final in their final minutes and hours yeah. and they left feeling loved feeling loved yes to yeah. love how how does michelle put it to love 
to their very last breath. There you which go. Is, yeah, yeah that's not a gift everybody has. So. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. So looking at it from that perspective, I think really helps yeah. for sure. So um, talking about the pandemic mm -hmm. and um, I, I think our kind of talk today is around triggers, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yes. <laughs> and um, so talking about someone who's over 10 years out, mm -hmm. you know, you would think, oh, by now the triggers have all gone. <laughs> We're completely cured. Absolutely and <laughs> not, right? <laughs> oh, no. and um, <laughs> it's crazy how something happening can take you back to that moment. Okay. Can take you back to um, like it was yesterday. Is there is there something specific that does that for you? So I would tell you the thing that does it for me is the sound of an ambulance. Mm. And till oh. today, and, and it's something I'm aware of. So I know to breathe and I know to, to how to manage it. But my mind goes into a tailspin mm. when I hear an ambulance. And I actually live right by a fire station oh well that's <laughs> joy <laughs> so when i was looking for this place to live i did not even well no that, that was not on my radar and you know so be? when i first moved here it was it was so stressful you know and so but it takes me back to you know the ambulance arriving and the sound and and that sound takes me back to that gut reaction of oh what happened you know i i definitely manage it so much better now like mm -hmm. you know because you know i hear the ambulance then i think oh my gosh somebody's in trouble oh my gosh maybe someone's dead i then i start thinking about their loved one then, you know it just tail spins into this um frenzy and i have absolutely no control i have no idea why the ambulance you know but it definitely takes that's the thing that takes me back to that's a to very that strong day. trigger. It mm -hmm. sounds like mm -hmm. it's it's interesting. My triggers aren't. Um, uh, I I think what triggers me probably the most would be certain songs mm. that I'll hear that just are instantly associated with Scott and mm. and you know um, it it's some of them some of them are great happy memories. They trigger mm -hmm. great happy memories, but there are a couple that. I have a really hard time hearing. Yeah. And unfortunately, one of them is a song that has been used so many times in commercials oh, over the gosh. last couple Tell of me years. What song. <laughs> it's it's Queen um, um Don't Stop Me Now. Uh, and it has been used almost ad nauseum. If anybody is listening and you're thinking about a song to use in a commercial, don't use that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trigger. Oh. <laughs> But no, I hear that song and and it's it's it it's a gut punch. It yeah, really is. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean Scott's cancer battle was just so quick that there really just wasn't much time to, you know, associate much of what he was going through and and much of like hospital stays and stuff like that mm. for that to be a trigger for me. Mm. Gratefully, I'm yeah, really grateful yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, now. Um, 
I'm sure anybody who's listened to all of our podcasts know that my brother is um, dealing with brain cancer, and he is um, he is in hospice care now. Mm. Um, at home, he's getting he's getting um, assistance from hospice nurses at home, um, making him comfortable. Um, and anyone who knows anything about glioblastoma, you know how unpredictable it is. Um, he was told last summer that um, ending treatments he could expect between three and six months. Well, oh we gosh. all know that those are arbitrary numbers. Right. No so one knows. He, he, so far, um, you know, every day that he's out of bed is a good day. Mm. And so we're, we're clinging to that. And so, you know, maybe, maybe going through this, losing my husband to cancer, probably losing my brother um, in the not too distant future from, from glioblastoma. Um, you know, maybe hearing the word cancer might at some point become a trigger. I don't think so though, because it's such a prevalent part of our lives of everyone's lives. I mean, we hear about cancer all the time. Um, it's not like it's this, um, kind of strange disease that we don't know much about. So, um, I, I, I'm glad for that. Mm. I mean, when I hear people talk about cancer, it's not, it's not a big trigger for me. Mm. And I'm grateful for that. Um, so, so question though, do you associate, um, like with what your brother's going through, do you associate any of that with Scott or does it? it, Gratefully, no. And, and I think part of it is because, um, Scott's, I mean, Scott's cancer battle, um, was just a blip. I mean, we were just getting our minds into the game before he was gone. Um, So, I I mean, I I barely was starting to think about being his caregiver. Right. I I mean, we got the results of his PET scan eight days before he died. Yeah. So So that's completely different. It it was very quick. Um, My brother's, he was diagnosed um, over five years ago, and that is remarkable for anyone with glioblastoma to live as long as, as he has with glioblastoma. So, um, you know, those are, those are five years that a lot of people don't get. Um, so we're, you know, we're grateful that, um, he was, you know, as he responded as well as he did to treatment and we feel we've got, we've gotten some great time to, to spend with him. So his cancer journey, vastly different from Scott's. So, um, it just, you know, it's just, they were both diagnosed in the same year and that's what, you know, so I call 2017 the year of suck. So, cause it was for me (laughs) and my family. So, um, but no, gratefully, that's not a trigger. That's interesting. And I'm happy about that. Yeah, because I, I, I think about when my dad got sick. And, and it, was, it wasn't it was long, but it was, it was also different, right? Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. also died of cancer. Mm. We found out in November, and he died in March. That was very As fast. much as I wasn't prepared, mm-hmm. the, the loss from... Again, it was so different, mm-hmm. you know. It was my dad. He was in a different town. It was. I, I think I wasn't, even though I knew the end was coming. I wasn't prepared for it, 
but I think the way I grieved the loss of my dad very, very different from absolutely when my husband died. So. Absolutely. Oh, I can. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. I don't. I mean, we talk about we talk about you know don't compare grief. No, you can't. And and even when it's the same same kind of loss, same kind of circumstances, the way you will go through it will still be different. Um, in terms of, I, I guess if you were thinking about triggers and when my dad was sick, I think the thing that stuck out the most for me was not having my husband to run things yes. by and to break things down to me. Cause that okay. was, he was really good at that. Yes, and you know, explaining like, that to you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, um, that was a piece. And then, you know, when you think about, you know, we're talking about the pandemic and how our husbands would have dealt with it and all the things, you know, the things that, um, you know, given 2020 and 2021, what, I, I guess my, my, what I'm thinking, well, and maybe just even since your spouse um, died, you know, the things that um, maybe you're faced with having to do now mm-hmm. without him, mm-hmm. like what for you are the hardest things? Uh, I mean, I don't think the pandemic has really um, emphasized what the biggest struggles in widowhood are for me. And mm. um, I think I think a lot of it is I just feel like there's a lot on my shoulders. And it's and, all you. And it is. Um, you know, it's it's the house maintenance. It's paying the bills. It's doing the yard work. It's keeping up with all of that. I mean, I sometimes yell at Scott when <laughs> so I'm, when I'm scooping the litter box every day, you know, when I, when I tell him, it's your turn to do this. Mm. Um, but it, it's that kind of pressure. It's exhausting, isn't it? It is exhausting. Um and, and again, not to take anything away from anyone who is dealing with that and maybe not a widowed person, mm-hmm. but it is exhausting being the one person responsible for everything. And, you know, my hat goes off to anyone who's who's doing this and raising children. I mean, that must have been an enormous responsibility. Yeah. So, so two things. So one, the 2020, so when the pandemic started for me, it was like, oh, this sucks, and I wish my husband was here. But I mm-hmm. think, like, having gone through that loss, mm-hmm. I kind of built some muscles that mm. I didn't know. I like that. <laughs> you no, know, that's true. I, I, and I remember thinking, okay, this is going to suck. Of course, I thought, oh yeah, we'll be isolated for three weeks, and then- <laughs> right, it's gonna be a couple of weeks. But um, I remember telling myself, like, okay we are on lockdown or we have to stay home and it it sucks and it would be so much better if my husband was around. But I did put some things um, into place for myself that helped me get through. So for me, you know, it was the books and the podcasts Mm. and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it ended up being, you know, no, no um, diminishing the, the fact of how many people died and how many people got sick and all mm-hmm. of that. But it was a really great growing time for me, mm-hmm. you know, in the midst of all the craziness that was happening. I remember consciously telling myself, 
don't even watch the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I did not put the news on because I was like, I was not prepared to go through down that rabbit hole. Um, as for raising kids with, with mm. you know, it, it, it was, it's a t- double-sided, double-edged sword because for one, they got me up every day and got me out and got me doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the painful thing was to watch them growing and maturing way too quickly. Yeah. You know, and we talked about that in the last podcast, you know, like, and it was so great to hear them talk about it. Right. How that, how that was a, that had quite the impact on your kids. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that they said, you know, this, I didn't know, I know they, we didn't have like the terrible teens, but I did not know that it was like almost a conscious choice on their part. Like, that's not something I knew. No, nope, you know? because we were teenagers. Right. And we got to be mindless teenagers. <laughs> yeah. We got to be the teenagers that are all about self. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as our brains were still developing. But your kids went through a life-changing event. Yeah. And I'm not to say, not saying that it was absolutely perfect. But, oh, you know, no. in the large scheme of things, The you fact know, that they were mindful of it says a lot... Uh, and, for and teenagers, yeah, yeah, that's that's the heartbreaking part. It's like, oh mm. wow, they actually thought about this. Does like, that's we don't want to add any more stress. You know, yeah, it's heartbreaking for kids to be thinking like that. It when, is, you know, because kids, yeah. especially when they're teenagers, because you know mm. they're just ramping up to <laughs> to put you through the. Room. I know. It's like, ah, oh, <laughs> how can we stress this woman out today? <laughs> What normal teenage stuff are we going to do today? Oh my goodness. I would agree with you what you said about having experienced the loss of Lacan, what, seven years, eight years before Before the pandemic? pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Um, Helping you build kind of a a new resiliency muscle. muscle. Yeah. I would agree with that. um, That I, I, you know, even at the lowest points of the pandemic, I, told myself well this is hardly this. this is hardly the worst that you've yeah, been through exactly I still have a roof over my head I still have a job I am blessed and and I am absolutely um aware of it and very grateful for it so gratefully um I have not knock on wood knock on wood um been sick and nor has anyone close to me been very sick with COVID, so mm-hmm. that's another blessing. That's a blessing. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm grateful for that. I sure mm-hmm. hope, though, because we're all so exhausted about it, um, because we're really seeing what's important in this world yeah. and in this life, yeah. and that's the people we love. Yeah. And we know that because we've lost our person, but we know it just on a global scale, too. Right, right, right. And I think like there's there's a knowing and an awareness that you have when you've been through this mm-hmm. that doesn't go away. And mm-hmm. so when I think, you know, I don't even know what the number is in the US now, how many people mm. have died from COVID. I think it's beyond the number yeah. eight hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking mothers and children and husbands and wives and you know, like I think mm-hmm. That number is huge, but then you think about all the lives that have been impacted by it. The, and that, the that's, ripple effect yeah, of losing that many people in less than two years. We're not even at the two-year mark, really. Mm, um, that's profound. It is profound. And so, 
Yeah, I um, and I imagine that even the word COVID is going to be a trigger, trigger for, for a lot people. of people. Yep, absolutely. Masks might even be. Oh my Masks goodness. might be. A, oh, vaccinations and you know, like whatever it is, it will be a trigger. It'll be um, a trigger. What a time! Oh my goodness! Yeah. And if I, you're listening and you are here because you lost your person because of the pandemic, I mean. Or during our, the pandemic, our, yeah, and during the pandemic, our our hearts are definitely there with you because it has added a, another layer of grief on top of your grief. That's already there for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, such a hard thing, but yeah. but we're trying as we're starting this new year, hoping that the end is in sight of this pandemic, so we can start to get back to the things that are absolutely vital and important for all of us for our mental health. I mean, I'm, I think there's a silver lining to the pandemic is it's actually brought that to the forefront and people are talking about it. People are, are talking about the importance of mental health and taking care of yourself and, and what's important in this world. And mm. so if, if there's any true silver lining, I would say that's probably one of them. Yeah. I would say the other thing um, is, you know, just technology. And even though Zoom is not the most ideal thing, but to be able to have community with other people is even a electronically. huge, huge, mm -hmm. huge help. Yeah, um, could you imagine if this pandemic had happened 25 years ago? There would be no internet. Oh, my. Well, I mean. Maybe. And, and no Zoom, for sure. <laughs> no Zoom. I mean, I mean, even just even 20 years ago. Um mm you know, we've come so far technologically wise that we're, we're pretty much able to work. So many people are able to work remotely and that has, and uh, people are able to access some semblance of not feeling alone. Cause absolutely. I think for a lot of people, uh, maybe one of the biggest triggers is loneliness. You know, it's like, Oh, people wind up, you mm -hmm. know, being home alone and mm -hmm. not able to go out mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So, and in the early days of the pandemic, when, you know, there weren't the vaccines and, and there was so much we didn't know and we were just kind of avoiding being around each mm -hmm. other. That had a significant impact on how I felt. Um, I feel a lot stronger coming around after the second year of this pandemic. I feel better able to I navigate do. I feel, the I, pitfalls. Exactly. Yeah. I, I feel um, more prepared, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess there's another tiny silver lining, mm -hmm. but also, like you said, technology, it has really helped, helped us feel that connection that we've been missing for so long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I believe so. I, um, oh, just this, I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm all over the place today, but there was one train of thought I was going when you were talking about, um, building that muscle and the triggers and stuff. And um, one of the things that helped is really just tuning into my body. Like, I feel like, you know, I was talking about the ambulance and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel I feel it in my the pit of my stomach. Oh, yeah. And so the way of, for me, the way to overcome it is breathing and just telling myself, like, it's okay, you know, nothing is happening to me right now. And so that might be um, something people might be able to tune into. It's like 
we we feel the stress mentally but also somewhere in the body you feel it and then when you recognize that oh yeah i know where that's coming from um reading I, through it or um, i i agree those yeah recognizing it out yeah recognizing the triggers and and being How able does it manifest in the body and, and you may not be able to um to take the power from the trigger but you can take power over your reactions yes, to it yes, yes. and i so i it. love that you're able to stop yourself yes yeah, and oh, to breathe what's happening. yeah i'm yeah. hearing an ambulance i'm yeah. okay i'm gonna breathe um i think that's i think that's wonderful to recognize those mm. things and there may be something that creeps up i don't know maybe five years down the road that i don't know is a trigger but it might trigger me and i, I think just knowing that that's still a potential i think is helpful that and i'm gonna have I'm still going to have the days where it's, it feels very cloudy in my world and very dark in my world. And I think anyone who, you know, is, is grieving a profound loss, I think you're going to experience those the, pretty much the rest of your life. The of your life. Do the dates trigger you? The dates, um, kind of, I mean, I, I think that's more of an anticipatory thing that I think gets built up more in my head and in my heart than it actually is. I mean, my husband's um, death date fell on Thanksgiving this past year. And, of course, I was all, you know, focused on, oh, I'm so grateful it's on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Not. Um, but it, that's that's all the more impact that it had on me. And mm. on the actual day, I was fine. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I think we kind of get ahead of ourselves. And sometimes we're not our, our own best uh, friends in that in that moment when we start thinking ahead like that like oh my wedding anniversary is coming up oh no what am I gonna do well you'll probably do okay yeah yeah, yeah. um we tend to kind of psych ourselves up yeah for really not I mean really no reason um but I I think having a plan for the days that you know are going to be tough like on your wedding anniversary on a birthday on the death anniversary, whatever days trigger you, just having a plan, I think really helps that. I think so. And, and doing something kind for yourself is probably the best way to get through that, that day, that Mm. specific day. Um, so what's your favorite thing that you like to do on those tough days? So I, I mean, music for me has been so healing. And so when I listen to music that we listen to together or music that we both love, that's, that's where I, I, so many of my anniversaries and the death days, I will go listen to live music. I love and I that. I usually will listen to something that both of us enjoyed. Oh, so, that's um, wonderful. Yeah. And it hasn't always worked out. Um, the other thing I do is yoga. Um, that's helped immensely because I, I don't even know if it's to call it a trigger, but when a date is looming, even when I'm not mentally aware of the date, I feel different in my body somehow. Okay. And yeah. so, yeah. and then I'm like, why am I feeling like this? Uh-huh. And then I look at the, ca- oh. oh, this makes sense now. Gotcha. Right? And so uh-huh. yoga helps. Um, so music, yoga, definitely going out, you know, physical activity of any kind is always a good thing. Um, 
and and now from hindsight i know that the anticipation is way way worse than the actual day so that's I that's think, good to know and i think i've learned that as yeah, well yeah. that um we kind of kind of get it psyched up in our heads yeah, a little yeah. a little bit more than it needs to be yeah. and our brain just runs away with us and it goes, sure oh my does gosh, that day's gonna be horrible and oh, you're gonna be this and, right. and then the day comes and you're like oh i'm alive and i'm upright and i'm okay <laughs> you and, know and and the sun is shining and, and it's sun, another yes, day and i have friends and yes. i have people who you know remember him with me and so, oh yes yeah, yeah and again we can't say it enough that is the greatest gift that you can give to anybody who is grieving anybody as is, john polo says say their name say their name yeah. say their name and tell us the stories yeah i've i've heard stories from some of Scott's friends um, that he went to high school with. Mm. They have shared some of their favorite memories with me. And I just love that because yeah. I can totally picture him doing the things that they're telling me <laughs> that he did. He was such a goofball. Uh, um, so that's such a great gift. Yeah. That is. is the best it gift is. of all. And because you can't make us any sadder. No. They're on our minds every single day. Yes, they are. <laughs> so. Yeah, and we're not going to forget. Ever. Yeah, so yeah. don't be afraid to say their name because mm -hmm. you're not going to remind us because we don't forget. We never forget. Never, yeah. ever forget. Yeah. So just some some great ideas. Yeah. If you're if you're um, close to someone who is grieving, um, just, you Talk know, about them. surprise them with a story. Mm. You know? That's the best gift. It yeah. really is. It's yeah. the best gift of all. And we're hoping that 2020 is just a a peaceful and more balanced, balanced year, year yeah, for everybody. Absolutely. I, I think those are good words to end on. To end our podcast on. Right. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you have any topic ideas or questions for us, be sure to reach out. The Witting Hour at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Bye.